Welcome to episode 10 of Quality Christian Living. I am your host, David Friend. For those of you who are new to the podcast entitled Quality Christian Living, maybe I should take a moment and explain to you that I will not be talking just on finances. As the weeks go on and new episodes take place, we'll be discussing issues like faith, miracles, prayer, marriage, family, and other topics relating to living a quality Christian life. Because of my background in banking and real estate development, I will have episodes about business, how to set up a business, how to make it profitable, and how to establish a business under godly principles. Today's episode is entitled, Peace in Decisions. The premise, the basic foundation of this, was taken from my recent book entitled, Experience the Joy of Debt-Free Living. Before we get started, let me just give a brief word of prayer. Father, we come to you, need your guidance, need your direction. I ask the Holy Spirit now to intervene in this teaching and that those that are listening would receive something special from you, Lord, that you would bless them, open up their eyes, Father, to your plan to bless their life and help them to envision living life debt-free. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Years ago, I can remember stopping by a convenience store to get a quick cup of coffee. I'm not sure what kind of store it was, but it was one of those jump in and jump out. A young lady working behind the counter was complaining about her job. You know, that's always frustrating to me when you walk into a store and you hear people complaining and griping about their salary or griping about their boss or their working conditions. If that is something they're going through, they should take it to their boss or possibly look for some additional type of work they would be a lot more happy at. Getting back to the young lady, she was working behind the counter and speaking to one of her co-workers. She said something like this, They only pay me about $10 an hour for working around this dump. You could see that she was frustrated and angry. And it's just so sad when you see that. And I when it's so bad to say something like, well, you know, maybe you should find another type of work, but that really was not my reason for being there. A young man walked up behind me and said to her, did you get your new shoes? The young lady smiled and put her foot up on the counter and said, yes, do you like them? Then she made a powerful statement revealing her attitude towards money and spending. She said very happily, not bad for only $128. You know, all of a sudden, I had this hollow feeling in my stomach. One moment she was complaining about the lousy $10 an hour she was making. And then the next moment, she was showing excitement about a purchase she would have had to work at least two full days to acquire. That's just simply a pair of tennis shoes. As I walked out of the store, thinking about what I had just seen and heard, I was kind of thinking about what brought this young woman to make this decision What was her thought process and what caused her to feel a need to make such a purchase so expensive based upon the income that she was making? After 25, 30 years of counseling people in the areas of their finances and helping them to improve their budgets and things like that, I've run into a lot of people who make those kinds of decisions. They they have a, a nice job, they have a nice income, but when it comes to spending, they many times put themselves in a very difficult position. Usually they do that by borrowing money. At least this gal paid cash for her shoes and didn't put them on a credit card. At least I don't think she did. But let's, uh, let's look into the idea of making financial decisions and see what the Lord has in store for us. 
I realized that I had a prior episode that, that had something to do with finances and, and decision-making, but this is a little different, and this is going to take you in a direction I think that will be very beneficial. You know, when we're facing financial decisions, we need to stop and think about how it's going to affect our finances overall. We might want to think about something like, how long will I have to work to pay for what I just bought or what I'm about to buy? I like to pray before I venture out into buying something. As a matter of fact, before I even leave my driveway, I like to pray and say, Father, just direct my decisions. I pray for your hand of protection over my driving. If my wife is with me, then I'll say, Lord, help us together to be in agreement on anything that we decide to do, whether it be a place to eat or something to purchase or whatever it might be. I think when we establish that type of relationship with the Lord, it's not spooky. It's not super spiritual. It's just simply knowing that God is my source. And I believe decision-making requires us to have a comfortable feeling with our relationship with God, one where we can just talk to him like we would a friend, because he is a friend. And God will always be there. And he knows if we're concerned about something, then he is also concerned about something. So when my wife and I go out, or if I go out by myself and say, Lord, help me to make good decisions, uh, that applies to things like maybe just going down to Costco and, and buying a $20 pair of jeans. I like to know that I've asked the Lord. I want to know that I'm going to have peace about it. Because being a guy, I'm not real excited about returning something. I don't particularly enjoy buying something and then finding out that, my goodness, uh, it doesn't work. It doesn't fit. It's uncomfortable or whatever it might be. And here I have to turn around and take it back. So if I ask the Lord for his help, I believe that he will help me and he wants me to live at peace and wants me to enjoy the blessings that he has provided for me. Now, when it comes to making large purchases like a car or some furniture or even a house, my wife and I spend time together in prayer because I believe uh, as a couple, we are one and we should be united in everything that we do. So I like to take time, quality time with the Lord and just pray about decisions that we need to make. We have gone many, many times to go out and look for a house. Uh, you'll probably find out in future episodes that I've uh, had a lot of experience in the area of buying and selling homes. Uh, we owned our own home building company for nearly 15 years in North Scottsdale, built a tremendous amount of uh, nice homes for a lot of great people in Scottsdale. And I really enjoyed it. But when, and when it came time for my wife and I to, to make a purchase on a home, we wanted to be so much at peace that we knew God knows right up front how we're going to feel about something a year, two, three, four, five years later. Now, I'm not saying we have all the answers and that every time we make a decision, it's perfect. And every time that we have purchased a home, it was just the absolute perfect decision for us and, and God blessed it. Now, most of the situations like that we've made, the Lord has blessed us e extremely. And, and I truly believe that he wants to bless you the same way. But I want to be sure that when we make a large purchase, that we are at peace about it. My wife and I made a decision many years ago when we pray about something that we will first uh, seek for God's peace and ask him to give us peace as the word of God says that his peace uh, passes all understanding and it will guard our heart and our mind in Christ Jesus. I also believe that when we're seeking the Holy Spirit's direction in making financial decisions that he speaks to us by giving us peace. 
I know that he doesn't speak to us by giving us anguish and frustration and causing problems in our life. That's the, that's the devil's job. I do believe that the Holy Spirit wants to help us and wants to direct us, but we have to seek him. And that it's not just in issues of healing and issues of, of finances or issues of, of uh, work or whatever it might be, but in every single area of our life, the Holy Spirit is there to give us guidance, give us direction, give us comfort, and help us to make decisions that will be lasting and decisions that will bring peace into our, into our life and into our relationships. It's important to make this statement right now. Peace means that we are trusting the Lord for the decision. Peace is not what you get when you try to manipulate your circumstances to get what you want. This little area here, I need to read something just out of my book, out of this one chapter. And here's what I wrote. Peace is something we must have whether we get the answer we want or not. Anytime we are thinking about spending the money we have worked hard to obtain, we need to ask the Holy Spirit to help us make the right decision and be with us in our decision making. Allow me to give you a little bit of spiritual advice dealing with the scriptures. If you're wondering about how to handle decisions in your finances, I've mentioned it before in other episodes, but I think it's very important to bring it up again here. Get chapter three in the book of Proverbs and read it very carefully. You need to look up all the references to making decisions and, and to how to seek wisdom and how to understand um, to receive peace from the Holy Spirit in, in the directions we make in our finances. When we have peace, then we can take action and make that financial decision. Now, I've listed some uh, steps that I think are important. I think there's about, about a dozen or maybe a little less than that. But let me, let's, let me kind of go through them and give you some steps uh, to take that'll help us make spirit-led financial decisions, all right? And, and the order in is not in any particular significance, but they're just thoughts I believe the Lord gave me to share with you today. Don't allow others to make decisions for you. That's number one. We need to seek God's godly counsel. <laughs> However, we need to be the one that makes the last decision. We are the one that makes the decision, and God gave us that ability. God, sovereign God, who's in control of everything, he gave us a gift of having our ability to make up our mind and do it with seeking his advice first. Number two, avoid speculation on things. For example, do not decide to spend money or borrow money today that will require a hope for income in the future. We, we need to not go out there and do some, some extremely dangerous speculative investments like with our money. Uh, there's a lot of talk today about various types of investments that are solid, some that are not. So you need to seek counsel from uh, maybe a good broker. I would prefer a good Christian broker. And, uh, and follow the instructions we find in Proverbs 27, verse 12. A prudent man foresees evil and hides himself. The simple pass on and are punished. We need to protect ourselves and protect decisions that we're going to be making. Now, when it comes to making decisions, in money, you'll probably be faced from time to time about do you loan money to people? And so let's cover that for a second. Number three, only lend money to people if you can afford to lose it. Now that may sound pretty negative, but in reality, if you're in a position where your finances are, are tight or maybe they're not real tight, but you can save a little bit and you do have, have a little money accumulated in a savings account, be very careful what you do with those funds 
because I have seen so many people in all the years of counseling that I've done where they have loaned money to a Christian friend or to a family member uh, and they were in a position that they were they, they just could not afford to lose it and the, the person they loaned it to never paid them back and it caused a chasm between them. It can be that way in family or family friendships or relationships with other brothers and sisters in Christ. But be very careful when you make that decision that uh, you understand that there's always a possibility that if you loan money out that you may never get it back. Now I realize that we must from time to time help our family and friends, but adding a loan to your relationship could be a time bomb. It could be something that could destroy that relationship. Item number four. Only invest money if it represents excess funds above your budget needs. Now, buying a speculative investment or loaning money out with your daily budget money just really almost guarantees that you're going to have financial challenges in your life. Item number five, don't put our budget into financial bondage and expect the Lord to bail us out. You know, I call it the bailout prayer. What that means is, Lord, I've goofed, I've made another mistake, and Lord, would you please bail me out? Now, God is an amazing God. He's a very forgiving God. He's filled with mercy, and his grace is sufficient for all of us. But we shouldn't just depend every time we get ourselves into trouble that we're just going to go to God and ask for the bailout. Maybe we should decide to make good decisions based on peace before we get into them. Another area to be careful about in decisions is sometimes people buy a car because they're expecting to have an increase in their salary. That's really dangerous. We should never base our decisions today on something that may happen or could happen in the future. It's really very similar to gambling in Vegas. Sooner or later, we will lose and will regret that decision. Here's item number six, about even about cars. When buying a car, we need to consider the impact the decision will have on our spouse, on our children, maybe their educational expenses, our church, our, our tithes, or our offerings to the church. If we buy a luxury car that would keep our child from going to a Christian school or cause us to stop tithing, I believe it's a poor decision. So remember, once again, when you make a decision, there will be an impact on your finances. Let's look at number seven. Never guarantee a person's loan. I know that's a tough one because I, I can tell you, I feel so strong about this that I, before my church, I've even made this statement to them. The word of God tells me never to guarantee someone's loan. Proverbs 17, 18 says this, it is poor judgment to countersign another's note to become responsible for his debts. Now, I, when, you, when I'm talking about guaranteeing, I'm talking about something that could put you in a difficult spot. I made this statement to my church many times, and that is, even if my mother needed me to co-sign a loan for her, I wouldn't. And that sounds horrible. I know that sounds absolutely terrible, and I'm a vile, terrible person. But, but think about it. If my mama needs a car, and she needs help, I'd rather go out and borrow the money in my own name and ask her if she could help in making the payments. If she can't make the payments, then I'd have to make them myself. Because what, what if I loan, what if, not loan, but what if I co-sign my mother's loan and then I just kind of forget about it and mom's in a position and she can't make payments and all of a sudden she's past due two, three, four months and I'm the co-signer on the loan. All of a sudden I've got a financial responsibility that I didn't need or couldn't afford and my credit's getting destroyed and it's just not worth putting uh, that kind of pressure between me and my mother, our relationship. So remember what the word says. Now read it again, Proverbs 17, 18. It is poor judgment to countersign another's note to become responsible for his debt. This is how I would handle 
family or close friend uh, lending issues. If a family member or friend has a need and you've prayed for direction and you believe that you must help them, you feel that obligated, then I, I make this suggestion to you. Give them the money. If you don't have it, borrow the money yourself and make the payments if you can afford it. Now, they can pay you back later if they're able, but I don't believe that God wants us suing each other and getting into heavy responsibilities between each other. If you're in a position where you can't afford to borrow the money, you can't afford to make the payments, then just tell the person, I'm sorry, I just don't have it, and there's really nothing I can do at this time. Item number eight, when it comes to making decisions, never make an impulse purchase that costs more than say 20 or 30 dollars without thinking and praying about it you know those purchases can really break people's back i mentioned before that the stores are set up to get us to do impulse purchases that's why i suggested in a previous episode to take a list with you when you go shopping make sure that you are focused and have exact plan on what you want to do if it was a planned purchase and it's more than $20, then obviously just go ahead and do it as, as long as you're at peace about the purchase. If in doubt, we should never buy it because God is not the God of doubt or the God of impulse. Now, impulse buying shows a lack of discipline and retailers are trying to take advantage of folks with a lack of discipline. Let's move on to number nine. Here we go. Prepare for an emergency. You know, today it's said that, that people in America cannot handle a $400 emergency. That means they don't have a savings account. And the only way they handle it is to borrow the money or get themselves in trouble financially. That's why we are supposed to have a savings account. We need to sit down and put $10 back each month or each week or whenever and prepare ourselves for emergencies because we will have emergencies. Uh, we will have trials in our life. We'll have things that come up that challenge our finances, challenges our budget, uh, will put us in a financial setback. So we need to prepare for it. There's just too many people that prepare for an emergency with a credit card and not with a savings plan. In my years of experience in pastoring and banking and financial counseling and, and helping people set up a good financial plan for their future, I have been asked so many times to help people make a decision and I never like to be placed in that spot. Usually when someone comes up to me and says, pastor or Mr. Friend or whoever it might be, what should I do? I've, I've inherited some money or I'm thinking of borrowing money or refinancing my house and all those types of questions. The first question I like to ask them is, what does the word of God say? about what you should do. And you know, as believers, Christians must always consult God's word before making financial decisions. And I, I can guarantee you that the word of God addresses every decision that we need to make. Now, when it comes to making decisions about borrowing money, then you need to have a financial plan set up in order to do that, to understand what the payments are going to be, how it's going to affect your home, whether what you're financing is a, a need, a want, or a desire. So there's a lot of uh, things that go into making a decision to borrow. And today, there's a tremendous amount of pres pressure placed upon people to make quick decisions, to get in debt, to get new credit cards, to borrow here, borrow here, and borrow there. And, and that's just not right. That's not what God's plan has for us. So develop an attitude of seeking God first before you make a decision and trusting in his word that he will give you the direction that you're looking for. Where we are financially today is the sum total of all the financial decisions 
we have made to date. Now, I know there's things that affect that. I know there's things that interact with that. For example, a, a problem, a health issue, a, a car wreck, or some emergency takes place, it certainly can make a, a huge impact on our finances. But, but to repeat that, where we are financially today is the sum total of all the financial decisions we have made to date. Now, we need to think about that. That's a very powerful statement because every time that we buy something, whether it's a $20 thing or whatever, it affects something else in our budget. If you can start thinking that that $5 or $20 is nothing and you, you start thinking that, well, what's 10 bucks here and $20 there? Well, add it up. You know, a, a lot of folks I know uh, go out to eat and spend money every single time, 20, 30, $40, $50. They say, well, you know, it's only $30. It's only $40. But if you do that consistently, it will have a major impact on your finances and we should be prepared to understand that. We need to always understand that when we spend a dollar, it's gone. It's absolutely gone. It cannot be used uh, to, to save or to pay off a debt or to give help to someplace, someone else. You th might think, well, that's kind of petty to say every time we spend a dollar. Well, just think of it that way. Once it's gone, it's gone. And, and we should train our children that. We need to teach our kids. Uh, earlier in an episode, I talked about how my wife and I were trying to teach our kids to, to value the money they spend. And, and let, me, let me make a little statement about that. Our children many times feel that mom and dad are just simply a bank overflowing with money and that we're always there, always have the cash, and that uh, we just give it to them and they basically just spend it as they want and they don't really think much about it. I like to ask my kids when they've spent some money, hey, what did you spend your money on? If you got cash from your grandparents or something, what did you spend your money on, your birthday money? And and I'd like for them to say, oh, I bought this or I bought that and it's been a lot of fun. See, that's great. That's that's great. But many times when you ask your children, what did you spend that $50 gift that you got on they have a difficult time remembering. And when, if we're that way, we don't place a value on our finances. And there is a value to every bit of money that we spend and every decision that we make in the area of our finances. We have established a goal in these episodes to help everyone become debt-free, to have freedom or peace in our financial decisions. I probably should point something out here, and that is that Getting debt-free is not a quick fix. It's not something that's probably going to happen tomorrow. However, the quick fix that can take place today is for us to seek God's help, is for us to be able to make a list or a budget and understand where our finances are at and in the direction that we need to go. To be debt-free is a step-by-step -step proposition. We got ourselves in the position that we are in today financially by taking steps maybe in the wrong direction. Or maybe you're listening to this these episodes in order to be able to have some training or some tools to be able to help others to become debt-free. So whatever your reason for listening into this episode today, I pray that God will help you to have something that you can take to others, that you can have something that will make a change in your life and in, in theirs. But remember, this is not an overnight teaching. This is not something that's going to happen where we can put it in the microwave, where we can take a pill and bang, all of a sudden pop. We will be out of debt, have plenty of money to do whatever we want. It's not going to happen that way. The Bible tells us the steps of a righteous one are led of God. So let's take those steps one at a time, asking him to guide us in what direction we should be taking those steps. Freedom from debt is a lifestyle decision. It's one that we have to make the decision 
to take personally and take personal responsibility for our past decisions and decide to make good ones in the future. We must never forget that God wants us to be debt free. God wants us to be blessed. He wants to pro- us to prosper in all things and be in good health. We serve a God of prosperity. We serve a God with a great plan for our lives. He's given us an instruction manual called the Word of God, something that'll help us to make good decisions. He's given us teachers like Solomon and David in the Word of God who, who've given us an instructions uh, on how to uh, handle all the decisions that we need to make in life. The area of finances is a crucial one, and the Word of God takes it very seriously. As a matter of fact, the Lord feels it's so important that He places more emphasis and more words uh, dealing with our finances than than He does in dealing with uh, love issues in our life. I know that may sound a little strange, but it's true. The Lord knew that we would have a difficult time in the area of finances, and He knew that He needed to give us some some guidelines and directions on how to deal with them. I want to encourage you, please do not get frustrated or discouraged as you go through these steps. There's a, a number of steps to take, but they're, they're easy steps. They're not giant leaps. They'll be one step at a time, ways that you can actually accomplish something. When we talked about getting out of debt, remember you concentrate and get one loan paid off at a time. And as you do that, you accomplish something. You need to see that, yes, it's working. It's, it's working in our life. So set yourself some goals. Don't try and be too aggressive. Don't try to be too energetic to where you're in a position where you get frustrated because you don't feel like, like you're proceeding as well as you should. Get yourself someone else to work with, whether if you're married, then it's obviously your spouse. If you're not married, then find a friend and talk to them about maybe how they handle their finances and see if the two of you can't get together and maybe challenge each other to see who can prepare a good budget, uh, maybe sit down and be able to talk to others and seek directions for good spending decisions. It's always important that we, we make ourselves accountable to someone else. So first of all, we need to make ourselves accountable to the Lord, accountable to God's word, and accountable to ourselves. When we set that up in proper order, we know that God will richly bless us. As this episode comes to a close, I'd like you to go back and kind of listen again to steps one through nine. I don't want to review them all right now, but you can do that on your own. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you make a list of the things that you know you need to accomplish in your finances and and accept the fact that God desires to bless us and he would be, I believe, as happy as we will be when we can say that we're debt-free. So I'd like to pray for you right now as we close this se- this session that God will give you the strength that you need and will give you one step at a time program that will help you achieve the goal of being debt-free. Lord, we need your help in making decisions. May we be sensitive to the still, quiet voice of the Holy Spirit to help us in every area of our finances. Thank you for caring about the decisions we need to make. May our decisions help us to become debt-free. For we ask these things in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I pray that you've enjoyed this teaching on peace in our decisions. And I look forward to our next episode entitled, Give to be Debt-Free. We'll learn the secrets of receiving God's blessing as we surrender ourselves to His financial plan. You can subscribe to my podcasts on cpnshows.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. 
My webpage is davidcfriendauthor.com. If you're interested in obtaining my book entitled Experience the Joy of Debt-Free Living or any of the other teachings the Lord has provided. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. May you prosper and be in good health as your soul prospers. Until next time, may the Lord richly bless you and guide you in the direction of debt-free living.